Sermon 13. We must lead lives through which sinners are saved by our spiritual faith. Genesis chapter 6 verses 1 to 8. Now it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born to them that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In Genesis chapter 5, the genealogy of Adam is recorded as follows. This is the book of the genealogy of Adam. In the day that God created man, he made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female and blessed them and called them mankind in the day that they were created. And Adam lived 130 years and begot a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. After he begot Seth, the days of Adam were 800 years, and he had sons and daughters. So all the days that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. Genesis chapter 5, verses 1 to 5. The word lived in this verse does not mean to live and then to die. So what does it really mean? The Hebrew word for to live is chaya. And except for to live, this word also means to restore life, to give life, to revive, and to rescue. In other words, Adam also received salvation from sin by believing in God's righteousness in exactly the same manner as us. And he spread the gospel of the water and the spirit to the lost souls who had fallen into sin so that they could also receive the remission of sins. He thus did the work of giving new life to the lost and then went before God. After Adam met the Lord, 
Throughout his life, he worked together with them. Adam lived his entire life to save other souls. This is exactly the life of the righteous as it appears in the Bible. After we have received salvation from sin by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit, until we go before the Lord, we have to do the work that enables people to receive new life. The righteous have no other choice but to save the people of this world from their sins and then go before God. In the present day, we who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit are hardly living one-tenth of the lifespan of our forefathers of faith. Currently, if someone lives to over 80 years of age, it is considered a long lifetime. When I see people of good age, a deep respect wells up from inside of me. Just the simple fact of living in this hard world until now and coping with the numerous difficulties gives me reason for this respect. But our predecessors of faith lived 10 times longer than people of today. So how much harder must it have been for them? I really respect those who, over that long period of time, spread God's righteousness and kept their faith intact. We have to think about the path of our lives one more time. I have only just passed 50 years of age, but I cannot help confessing that my life was hard as Jacob's. I mean that even if I only lived to my current age, I would have already experienced many very, very hard things. I am sure that the same will be true for all of you too. I think you will agree with me that even if we have not lived that long, we all have so far had experienced many unpleasant things. But when the Lord returns to this earth, those who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit will go to his kingdom. Until that day arrives, we must continue steadfastly living and doing God's work and then go to him with joy. To do that, Whilst living our life on this earth, we must devote ourselves by faith to the gospel of God's righteousness. When we consider our forefathers of faith living to 900 years of age and then passing away, it means that they have completed God's work for over 900 years and then returned to God. Just like this, we too have to do God's work with all our hearts, then go to God. We all wish to live on this earth while devoting ourselves to God's work of spreading the gospel of the water and the spirit and then go before him. In the future, when the millennial kingdom comes, we will live there for a thousand years 
as kings, then go to the eternal kingdom of heaven. Our forefathers of faith had lived for almost 1,000 years. Therefore, I believe that God will restore our original age at the time of the millennial kingdom. What is our duty as the righteous people on this earth? It is to give testimony of the gospel of the water and the spirit to all the people of the world. We have to teach the righteous of this world that they must defend their faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit. We should therefore not be neglectful in spreading the gospel of the water and the spirit to the whole world. If we are neglectful in this important task, who will the people of the world hear the gospel of the water and the spirit of salvation from? If that should happen, humankind will not be unable to hear the gospel truth and therefore will not receive the remission of sin and as a consequence will suffer ruin from their sins. The Bible tells us that the Lord would return to us when we have fulfilled the ministry of giving testimony of the Lord to the ends of this world. We have to work hard to spread the gospel of the water and the spirit until the end of the world so that the Lord will make his speedy return. If we really desire to meet the Lord soon, we have to spread the gospel of the water and the spirit more rapidly. When did the spiritual corruption of the righteous start? Spiritual corruption of the righteous started way back when they tried to do the work of God in union with people who did not know the gospel of the water and the spirit. Should the righteous who have received deliverance from sin by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit combine with sinners to carry out God's work, they will diminish God's righteousness and will end up cursed and ruined. If that should happen, they would also be cursed by God and it will result in other souls falling into ruin as well. The people who have become righteous by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit are not permitted to marry sinners and they should not combine with them to carry out God's work either. Today's scripture passage shows us that the world faced its ruin when God's people saw the beauty of the daughters of men and took them as their wives. We see through this that it is not permitted for the righteous to come together and live with sinners. If this should happen, the righteous will never bear righteous fruit. This verse tells us that the sons of God saw the beauty of the daughters of man and married them. But should this happen, will it be possible for God's righteousness to spread over the world properly? How can the righteous combine with the daughters of man and do God's work 
effectively with the righteous and sinners all mixed up together. Could the gospel of the water and the spirit be spread out into the world properly? Impossible. Can the righteous who have married sinners spread the gospel of the water and the spirit to other people? They cannot. Even if people married sinners and then tried to do the work of the gospel, they would be incapable of doing it properly. Let's say a certain righteous man married a sinner and they produced a child from that union. And should the righteous man teach his child about the gospel of the water and the spirit, will his sinner wife approve of it? If one of them is still a sinner, they will be spiritually antagonistic to their partner who is teaching the child about the gospel of the water and the spirit. They will strongly oppose them saying, Dear, do stop talking about that stuff. You can't expect the child to really understand that. If you really want to believe in that type of God, divorce me. We cannot live together anymore. Sinners are anti correction. Sinners are antagonistic towards the true faith that their righteous partners believe in. We should therefore know that sinners are fundamentally antagonistic towards people who believe in the Lord's righteousness. If this kind of situation materialized, think how much you would suffer. If you should marry a sinner, you would suffer terrible pain and anguish. Marriage takes place when a couple decides on one mutual goal and agrees to go forward in the same direction together. But should the objective of a couple be at opposite sides, that marriage is not a good marriage. When men and women first get married, they whisper their love. You are my star. You are my star with black pupils like a night stained with starlight. But as time goes by, should their faith not be in union, they will end up turning their backs on each other. For someone who believes in the gospel of the water and the spirit, to marry someone who has not received the remission of sin is like living with an enemy. If you should live in this kind of environment, it would be harder than living with a foe. Have you ever lived like that? Is there anybody here today living like this? If you are, share with your partner about the gospel of the water and the spirit. Then pray to God to soften their hearts so that they will accept the gospel of the water and the spirit. The younger brothers and sisters have to hear and listen to the words of the church leaders and take a born-again partner as their husband or wife and lead a righteous life by working for the gospel. But should they not 
or refuse to receive the guidance of the church, marry and live with those who do not believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, they will certainly live a spiritually hellish life. The righteous, therefore, cannot from their hearts live in union with sinners. Sinners do not understand when the righteous smile. They're misunderstanding and ask correction. They misunderstand and ask. Why is that person smiling like that? When the righteous consider that all their sins have been completely eliminated, they rejoice and a smile appears all by itself. However, their partners do not know or refuse to believe in the gospel truth of the water and the spirit. And therefore, they do not know that deep joy. And because of this, they cannot talk to each other. They do not get along and just make each other uncomfortable. Therefore, to eliminate this problem, a righteous person should marry another righteous person. The righteous should seek after other righteous people to do God's work. The righteous, therefore, must find their co-workers among the people who believe in the same gospel of the water and the spirit. If the righteous live mixed up with sinners, they will incur God's wrath. So the born again must make up their minds to spread this gospel and join up together to do God's work. The righteous have to walk with God, do his work, and then go before him. The righteous must live a life of spreading the gospel of the water and the spirit. And then when they go before him, there will truly be no regrets. God's children have to spread the gospel of the water and the spirit to sinners, pursue his will, receive his guidance, lead a life by faith of following his righteousness and then go before him. We the righteous can live with our partners while joining our hearts together, loving each other and doing God's work together. Could you live with a partner just because they are good looking? Isn't it true that you can share your faith and feeling with your partner when you both do God's work and serve the Lord together with your spouse? When Abraham's son Ishmael married with a Gentile woman, Abraham and Sarah were very disappointed. When do the righteous become very disappointed when God's children, members of the spiritual family, rather than receiving favor before the Lord, set out willfully on a path of receiving a curse. They get hurt and become very disappointed. When the sons of God saw the beauty of the daughters of man and took them as their wives and lived together, the Lord was very disappointed. And what was the result? The Lord said, 
My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh, yet his days shall be one hundred and twenty years. Genesis chapter 6 verse 3. My spirit shall not strive with man forever. That was God's curse. Please listen. The righteous must live amongst the righteous. Do you understand? Should the righteous join up together with sinners, it will be the end of their relationship with God. If that should happen, the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, will not be with you anymore. When this happens, the righteous life and God's blessings come to an abrupt end. This will be the result of their wrongdoing. The sons of God being spellbound by the beauty of the daughters of man, regarded them only as the subjects of their lust, and therefore they did not pass on the gospel of truth to them. The Fallen It clearly says in Genesis chapter 6, verse 4, There were giants on the earth in those days, and also afterward, when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children to them. Those were the mighty men who were of old, men of renown. At the time of Noah, there was a tribe of giants called the Nephilim. The sons of God came to the daughters of man, and they bore children who were mighty men. At that time, the righteous joined themselves up with sinners and so bore children, and those children became very famous, powerful, rich, mighty, and brave men. If God's spiritual men marry the world's sinners, wicked monsters will appear. These offspring are none other than the great and famous Christian leaders. Today, too, in Christian communities of this world, famous leaders are these so-called evangelicals. These people know full well that they cannot be delivered from sin by God's law, and so they say that one can only receive the remission of sin through Jesus' blood on the cross. They are received as famous people within Christianity because they give a teaching which is just one step higher than the Christian legalist. Generally speaking, countries where we find Christianity flourishing are the economically powerful countries. Generally, Protestant nations live well. Let's take a look at the United States, for example. The gospel of the evangelicals, which is similar to the gospel of the water and the spirit, entered our country some time back. The evangelicals insist that because Jesus eliminated all our sins through the blood of the cross alone, anyone who believes in that blood 
will become a righteous and sinless person. Therefore, America has produced a large number of famous Christian leaders, but they do not believe in the perfect truth of the gospel, that is, the gospel of the water and the spirit. They have, however, tasted some of the conclusion of the genuine gospel that says, if one believes in Jesus, all sins will be eliminated. Therefore, because they understand correctly that if you believe in Jesus, you have no sin and understand the way of becoming righteous. They become famous in this world and become materially successful in their ministries too. These people have become famous within Christianity and have earned heaps of money, but unfortunately, they have nothing to do with the gospel truth of the water and the spirit. Will anybody who spreads the true gospel of salvation, that is, the gospel of the water and the spirit, receive such acclaim and respect as these so-called famous preachers? Nobody. If we should spread this true gospel of the water and the spirit to the people of the world, rather than respecting us the righteous, they will first glare angrily and become quite hostile towards us. If we the righteous speak about believing of the gospel of the water and the spirit, Christian sinners keep casting doubt saying, why do I have to believe in that stuff? If I have no sin, even after I have committed a sin, is it okay to commit as much sin as I like? Because they refuse to believe in his righteousness, they put forward nonsensical reasons which stand directly against the genuine gospel. For the workers of the gospel of the water and the spirit, guiding sinners to salvation from sin is just like a woman conceiving and then giving birth to a baby. If a mother becomes pregnant, a certain amount of time must pass before the baby is born. This is accompanied by much pain and sacrifice. But after the baby is born, all the pains of childbirth disappear with the joy gained from the baby. Spiritual mothers also endure much pain and sacrifice to make a lost soul receive the remission of sin by believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. They do not abandon newly born again spiritual children. They lead and nurture their spiritual children to become God's faithful workers. Some people leave God's church despite believing in the gospel of the water and the spirit. They return to the church of this world and join together with Christians who are not yet truly born again. Why do they do this? It is because their aim in this life 
is not to bear the spiritual children, but to prosper in the flesh. They become famous people in this world and in Christianity. This is because they are spreading a gospel similar to the gospel of the water and the spirit. Sadly, however, the gospel which they are spreading, namely the evangelical gospel, will not allow anyone to receive the remission of sins. This so-called evangelical gospel is very different from the perfect gospel of the gospel of the water and the spirit. It is an imperfect gospel that tempts and captures souls suffering under sin. With this great unrefined doctrine, they entice people with words such as, if one believes in Jesus, one has no sin. As they scorch people's souls and give them the illusion that they have received salvation. In order for a person to really become one of God's children and earn eternal life by receiving the remission of sin, they have to believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit that the Lord has given us. However, no one can ever become one of God's children through this evangelical gospel that appears to be similar to the gospel of the water and the spirit. In this world today, there are many active evangelicals. They preach and minister without knowledge of the gospel of the water and the spirit. The content of their sermons goes something like this. Jesus is the master of human history. Jesus created the heavens and the earth. He was born on this earth in the flesh of man through Mary's body to save you all from sin. He hung on the cross and shed his blood so that all of you could be saved from sin. Jesus took all your sins on the cross, your sins of the past, the present, and the future. Do you believe this? People who believe these words will receive the remission of sin and become sinless, righteous people by faith. All who have listened to these words today and have made up your mind to believe, please raise your hands now. Then countless people who have heard fiery emotional sermons like this raise their hands unanimously. People living today and hearing this type of sermon mistakenly think to themselves, I believe in Jesus and have received salvation. But we should know even if people hear a gospel like this and believe in it, they will never be able to receive the remission of sins. But they will only become the religionist of this world, that is, Christian sinners. Because of this, there are many nominal religious people called Christians who are similar to the many religious people of the world. Do you think 
that you can receive the remission of sin without believing in the gospel truth of the water and the spirit, which is clearly written in the Bible, if you only believe in the blood that Jesus shed when hanging on the cross? People who have learned from these evangelicals believe that they can receive salvation from all sins if they only believe in the blood of Jesus on the cross. However, the Bible tells us that they cannot receive true salvation through such faith, and sins would pile up in their hearts as a result. Therefore, to receive the real salvation, you have to truly know and believe the gospel of the water and the spirit that the Lord gave us. If you all believe in Jesus as your Savior, whilst not knowing of the gospel of the water and the Spirit, you will forever become sinners. And in addition to that, you will become a servant of Satan. Among Christian leaders today, there are those who receive great respect. They say with their fleshly minds, that because Jesus wiped out all the sins of the world on the cross with a stroke, people who just believe in him are therefore without sin. But in fact, this is not the case at all. Because of this, many famous Christian leaders say that if anyone believes in Jesus as the Savior, that person will receive the remission of sin. But in reality, Sin does not disappear and remains intact in people's hearts just as it was before. Because of this lie, they preach that a person must repent if he has committed sins again. Because they continue to tell lies, people who try to lead a life of faith under these false teachers suffer hardships all in vain, trying to be cleansed of their sin by continually offering prayers of repentance. If you offer prayers of repentance, will sin really disappear? No. In the end, because their congregations cannot truly know or hear the gospel of the water and the spirit, they will never receive true remission of sin. As a result, because they have been exposed to these false words, which are utterly opposed to the truth, when they come across the true gospel of the water and the spirit, they are not able to believe in it. Because many Christians have been exposed to spiritually blind people's sermons for a long time, they cannot help letting themselves become spiritually blind just like their leaders and stand against God's righteousness. In the end, these false teachers and those learning from them will be doomed together. But the reality is that they earn a lot of money and receive substantial honor and fame in this world. Amongst all of you who truly believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, would there 
anyone who would actually try to do God's work with those who have not received the remission of sin yet? And are there any of you who are contemplating marrying a sinner and having children from that union to raise them to be famous people? Amongst the born-again people, there too are many of them who also place their only hope on their children. They are committing an evil for which they will be punished. Even if your souls go to hell in the future, would there be anyone who desires to live a life as prosperous as a millionaire in this world? If there is anyone who wants to do that, you have to give serious thoughts about that before God. You can do that, but you will have to take responsibility for your own affairs. Should you all try to do that, know this, that everything will not go as you have planned. This is because time is at hand when Jesus is about to return. Therefore, all of you righteous people must go by no means mix with the people of this world who do not believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. For the righteous, being in union with people who do not believe in God's righteousness in front of God, is like selling one's own soul. And that type of person draws the people of the world to their destruction. This world's salvation depends on the righteous who now spread the gospel of the water and the spirit. The blessings and also the curses to this world depend on whether or not the righteous spread the gospel of the water and the spirit. Those who believe in the God-given gospel of the water and the spirit should not live together with the people of this world. Should the righteous chase after things of this world and its lust, and if they yearn after the people who are not yet born again, it would certainly bring about their ruin in body and spirit, including the people of this world. In other words, should the righteous live in union with the people of the world, it will not just be themselves that they will be destroying, but they will also be destroying the people of the world as well. Do you all believe this? God swept away this world with a flood because the righteous lived in union with the people of this world. It is written in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 to 7. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. 
at that time, when God looked at this world, he had nothing to expect from the righteous. It was because the righteous were spiritually corrupted, including all those people. The righteous, in other words, did not spread the gospel of the water and the spirit and took the daughters of man as their wives and therefore were impeded in their duties. It was like that during this time when the righteous did not spread the gospel of the water and the spirit to the people of this world and just ate and drunk to their heart's content. They were not fearful of sins and did all kinds of bad things and lived in such an aimless way. And when God looked upon this, he lamented, I cannot tolerate these people whom I have made anymore. Every inclination of their hearts are evil. I have to destroy them all. God made up his mind to judge them. In Noah's time, the inner thoughts and plans of both the righteous and sinners were always bad. So God decided to judge them. God knew there was no more hope for this world and destroyed it with water. Because there are still those who have maintained their faith in the gospel of the water and the spirit and who also spread that gospel, there is still hope in this world. In various places, strange incidents and natural disasters have occurred and the whole world seems to be in crisis, but it is still okay. When we witness something big about to happen, and it happens, but soon afterwards, things go back to normal, then I think that God still has hope for the righteous in his church who are trying to spread the gospel of the water and the spirit to the entire world. Because the righteous are still spreading the true gospel to the whole world, and there are people listening to it, then spiritually speaking, there is still hope. Because God's children are still faithfully doing their duties, God is allowing the earth to exist. In fact, this world is now in a rotting state. Do you know just how corrupt this world is? When God looks at the inclination of the hearts and deeds of the people in this world, it would seem that there is no difference between this and that of Noah's time. It may actually be that it is that much worse than Noah's time. During Noah's time and the flood, I do not know in detail just how bad things in this world was back then, but it was certainly at a level at which God decided to completely destroy the people with the flood. And so it is today when God looks at the inclination of people's hearts, thoughts, and deeds, they are certainly worthy of being destroyed. Don't you think so? This is really a world worthy of being swept away, but he is being very patient. This is because there are people who believe in 
and are spreading the gospel of the water and the spirit. Because there are people both at home and abroad spreading the gospel of the water and the spirit, God is holding back from the destruction of this earth. When God saw that the wickedness of man was great and that all his intentions were nothing but evil, he swept away all breathing souls living on the face of this earth. Have our hearts and minds been joined together to spread the gospel of the water and the spirit? The righteous are sometimes bad and a little directionalist, but they generally dislike people who are against God's righteousness and who oppose the gospel of the water and the spirit. And even if their flesh is weak, they have a mind to serve the gospel of the water and the spirit and to live for this genuine gospel and to do the work of the gospel together. If they could be beneficial to this task, even a tiny bit. Because of that, God protects us and he protects the whole world. Should God allow nuclear war to happen in this world, it will be the end of us too. In today's scripture reading in Genesis chapter 6 verse 8, we read, But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah was a person just like us, but God gave him salvation and grace with which he could really serve the Lord's righteousness. That is, he gave him the grace to spread the gospel of salvation. He gave him grace to work together with others to fulfill the will of God and to create a new world. During that time, there were many righteous descendants from Noah, but they were intoxicated with the world and the results were that they all ended up dying a spiritual death. But God bestowed upon Noah and his family special grace. That is to say, God created a new world through Noah. At the time of Noah, he destroyed everyone with the flood, but he allowed our present era to exist through Noah and his family. Therefore, everyone is a descendant of Adam. But in another way, our forefather is Noah, someone to think of whenever it is raining and whenever the gospel is being spread. He is our ancestor of faith. To say that he is the ancestor of mankind is not an exaggeration. Originally, the common ancestors of man were Adam and Eve, but after the people of that time were swept away with the flood, God put forth Noah and gave us a new world. God has brought all of today's humanity into being through Noah's family. God saved us from all the sins of this world with the gospel of the water and the spirit. God gave us the gospel of the water and the spirit 
And so in order to give us this new world, he promised after having given us true salvation with the true gospel to create a new world for us. He made us spread the gospel of the water and the spirit to all people so that we could all live in the millennial kingdom. In other words, God entrusted us with the work of salvation of saving people from their sins. That we are working for the Lord's gospel now is all due to God's grace. For all of you coming and sitting down in his church, serving the Lord, hearing about the gospel of the water and the spirit, meeting his servants and brothers and sisters after having received the remission of sin and being able to serve the gospel in your place, all these things are all due to his grace. We are people bestowed with God's special grace. Just like Noah was bestowed with grace, so we are also bestowed with God's special grace. God made a new world through Noah. So now too, God is doing the same work through you and me. We are without doubt performing the greatest work of making the heavenly kingdom on this earth. We are, however, insufficient, but it is nevertheless a great thing to believe in God's righteousness and to change our misguided minds and return to the true faith to do God's work. It is not that we hate God's righteousness. God, I do not hate your righteousness and I do not hate the gospel of the water and the spirit. Though I am prone to get sidetracked and look back because of my weaknesses, I really do not despise the gospel of the water and the spirit. Lord, make me serve this genuine gospel. This should be our heartfelt prayer for those who truly believe in his righteousness, receive his blessings. He has therefore made us able to serve his righteousness. We are now doing righteous work that can give new life to people. And therefore, we inherit the genealogy of the righteous, the very work that Adam and Eve did. Why did we become the type of people who are able to do the precious work of serving God's righteousness and spreading the gospel of the water and the spirit? It was because we have inherited the spiritual genealogy of Adam. How can we become the people who are able to do the same work that God's servants in the Bible did? Is it not because of God's grace? We really give thanks to God's righteousness. It is not just Noah who received God's grace. We too have received God's grace. People who hear the gospel of the water and the spirit today receive the remission of their sins 
and they receive tremendous grace from God. We also, by serving God, receive this grace from God. Our life is God's love. The very fact that we are living like this is itself God's blessing. For all of you to sit here in God's church and for me to be speaking to you about God's word is to really receive special grace. How can a person like me spread God's word, believing in his righteousness and serve the Lord's gospel? How is it possible through people like us can others hear about this precious gospel of the water and the spirit where their sins, which were as thick as fog and dark as black ink, be washed clean away? This is all due to God's grace. God is working through us. God saved us from sin. We have therefore received supreme grace from God. Our God also opens up the new world through us. God is busy creating the millennial kingdom and the new heaven and a new earth. You and I are really the ones who have received this tremendous grace. Dear fellow believers, we are in God's eyes, people who have received the same grace as what Noah received. When I think about this, I cannot help but be thankful for how I met with the gospel of the water and the spirit and also be able by faith to spread this awesome gospel. There was a time when I sincerely believed that if I just believed in the blood of the cross, I would have no sin because I had heard that type of gospel numerous times. But my sins could never be eliminated with that type of gospel. However, thanks to God's grace, I know and confirm my salvation through the gospel of the water and the spirit. After this, I was able to spread the gospel of the water and the spirit to everyone I came into contact with. It is a known fact in heaven that we, who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, are great people. If we just open our mouths and speak the truth, we will be spreading the gospel of the water and the spirit. Probably amongst us, there will be those who would have heard the gospel of the water and the spirit numerous times to make their ears sore. There has not been one day when I have not tried to spread the gospel of the water and the spirit. If the gospel of the water and the spirit had not existed, I could not live in this world. I know that you are also the same. The Lord with the gospel of the water and the spirit has saved all of you from sin and saved the whole of humanity. Therefore, if it were not for this genuine gospel, we would not be able to live even for a day. This precious gospel that the Lord has completed by coming by the water and the spirit 
has perfectly saved us from our sins. How can we ever forget this gospel if we did not have this gospel of the water and the spirit? How could we spread this glorious news to people, the belief that enables them to receive salvation? Without this gospel, how could we live? We could never serve the Lord's righteousness without this gospel. How could we follow God's righteousness? How can we pray to God and trust him every day and always glorify him? And how, without rest, can we pray and be thankful for all things? The gospel of the water and the spirit makes us happy, makes us extol him, makes us thankful, makes us serve him, and makes us lead a righteous life of faith before God. And it makes us carry out the righteous work of saving many souls from sin before God. All this is due to God's grace. If it was not for the gospel of the water and the spirit, how could we face each other trying to hide our shameful deeds? If it were not for the gospel truth of the water and the spirit, our sins would never have been eliminated. If this was the case, how then could we live a long life in this hard world? And if this gospel did not exist, what kind of hope would there be for us? The road ahead would be dark and frightful. The Bible says, and now abide faith, hope, love, these three, but the greatest of these is love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. Because God loves us so much, he gave us the gospel of the water and the spirit in order to save us from all sin and judgment. We therefore received our salvation by believing in God's righteousness. We have received salvation from sin and earned eternal life, and we have hope of entering the kingdom of God. Everyone should believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit, knowing that our sins cannot be eliminated without this gospel. By believing in this word of truth, that is the gospel of the water and the spirit, all our sins, which are as thick as a cloud, will be eliminated in one stroke. In our day-to-day -day living, we will experience imperfect things and will commit sins through them. But you can return thanks and praise to God, all owing to the gospel of the water and the spirit. It is because God gave us this lovely gospel of the water and the spirit as a gift. To us, there is nothing righteous except the gospel of the water and the spirit. If we should remove the gospel of the water and the spirit from our hearts, there will never be thankfulness, joy, love, or truth. We have been clothed with the great grace of God through the gospel of the water 
and the Spirit. By believing in the gospel of the water and the Spirit, we like Noah in this end time have received the great salvation of love. At the time of the great flood, the righteous did not spread the gospel to people and married with the daughters of man instead. They lived solely for the lust of the flesh. Because of this, they could not avoid receiving his judgment. At that time, thanks to the world being covered in water, we are experiencing such exhaustible natural resources as oil and coal. God has entrusted the duty of the spreading of the gospel truth of the water and the spirit to us, the righteous saints. God desires that the gospel of the water and the spirit be spread through us to the whole world. Correction. God desires that the gospel of the water and the spirit be spread through us to the whole world. Therefore, God gave to us, although we are weak, the role of evangelist to preach this truth salvation. There are still many people who have to receive the remission of sin in this world. The Lord told us clearly to spread the gospel of the water and the spirit to the whole earth. God did not just give us the grace of salvation. He also has made us the last runners for spreading the gospel. In the time of Noah, he was the last runner of the gospel. Like this, in this present time, we are the last runners of this gospel relay race. We do not know when the end of the world will come. Nobody knows that. But we know there is not much time over the spread correction. But we know that there is not much time to spread the gospel and work for the gospel. So when an opportunity arises, we have to grab it and make all efforts to spread the gospel. When the people of this world have hardened their hearts and there is chaos everywhere through floods, tsunamis, earthquakes, and unclear correction. When the people of this world have hardened their hearts and there is chaos everywhere through floods, tsunamis, earthquakes, and nuclear war. Could we then spread the gospel effectively? We will not be able to spread the gospel then. Just as God placed hope on Noah at that time to preach the gospel, so is God placing hope on us now in this age. This is because he can find hope only among those who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit. People who believe in the gospel of the water and the spirit are the ones who really have received special grace from God. Dear fellow believers, you will not live to the ripe age of 900 years. 
but I hope and pray that you will live and do everything possible to spread the gospel of the water and the spirit until the last day of your life that the Lord permits. We have to believe in the Lord's righteousness and walk together hand in hand with the Lord.